A date which will live in infamy. Both of those projects, initiatives, got off the ground because of the Gare out of the 24 who were killed were Americans who had come to learn in Kevin. I say one million Jewish children who were made to be cut in Whoever heard such beautiful words, It is never too little, it is never too late, and it is never enough. Jewish History Soundbites, bringing alive the world of our glorious past. Here is our host, live from Jerusalem, Jewish historian and tour guide, Yehuda Geberer. Everyone to Jewish History Soundbites. This is Yehudi Geber with another episode of Jewish History Soundbites, and today we'll talk about something that comes up. One of those things that comes up on trips that I take uh, with groups, both to Eastern Europe and on um, tours, walking tours in Yerushalayim or Kivrit Sadikim on Har Hazesim, um, and the stories that we tell there, Har uh, Har of the uh, students of the Vilna Gain who came to Eretz Yisrael, they came to the land of Israel in the early 1800s. Um, it's a story that comes out of both ends, because when you're in Lithuania, when we're in Poland, we talk about uh, the, the, the support of the Jewish community in Israel, and also the ones who actually moved here at some point. There were individuals, sometimes families, sometimes even groups that came throughout the 19th century, to Israel, and um, and there and then it comes up over here when in Israel when they actually came and what type of communities they built. So the topic of today is those students of the Vilna Gain. Why did they come, and what was what was the what was their story all about, and why is that an important topic? Because it was an, an interesting, it's actually an interesting bibliographical story because it's a story about a book and what this book caused and still causes in, uh, in society today, a sefer called Koil HaToyer. And the Koil HaToyer was allegedly written by, a, by an alleged Talmud student of the Vilna Gain named Rabhil Rivlin. And it was put out in 1947 by a descendant of his, Rabbi Shleim Zalman Rivlin, who was a fascinating personality of the old Yishuv of Yerushalayim, but he was someone who straddled two worlds. He was part of the establishment of the old Yishuv. His father was, in fact, the president of the Vad HaKoylel, the, the group of what was called the Koylelim, the organization of all the different... Uh, communities within the old Yishuv and the financial support that they received. And his father was the president who tried to manage that system and kind of reform that system, which was facing uh, economic hard times. And he, so he's part of the old school, so his son, Rabshlam is Almond Rivlin, is part of the old school establishment of the old Yishuv on one hand. And on the other hand, he believes in the Zionist ideal. 
He believes in the new age, the new world that, that the Zionist movement is bringing and what the state that they're dreaming of creating. His children already moved on and became full-fledged Zionists um, and, uh, and joined, and joined the, and he left the old Yishuv entirely. So he's on the fence, kind of part of both worlds, and a prolific writer, a brilliant man, uh, very wise, and clearly had to be wise to do what he did with the Kol Hatar, which I'm going to get to in a second. And he, um, he was also, he ran a, a group or a school, sort of a program, where he trained Chazanim, he had a choir, uh, very very interesting figure. He did a lot, and he's part of the building. His family, the Rivlins, prominent Yerushalmi family till today. The president of the state of Israel, Ruvi Rivlin, is also from a different branch of that family, and um, and they trace their roots back to the students of the Vilna Gaon who came in 1808, 1809, 1810. They uh, immigrated a whole group of them, over fifty families, to the land of Israel. So. So this Shlomo Zalman Rivlin puts out his, what he claimed was the, uh, what is his ancestor, Hill Rivlin's book, Kol HaToyer, and this, uh, this Sefer tried to ascribe a form of Messianic Zionism to the Vilna Gaon and to his students who made Aliyah, who came there. And the, the, the claim was, and it was based on all kinds, very Kabbalistic Sefer with a lot of gematrias and a lot of esoteric and mystical stuff, and um, and and there's been a lot of research on the content of the Sefer itself and relating it to the Vilna Gaon's uh, way of Kabbalistic thinking and writing, which the Vilna Gaon has a vast uh, writings on Kabbalah and on Kabbalah ideas and on mystical ideas. And that's definitely something I'm not equipped to discuss or talk about because I don't know any Kabbalah, not the Vilna Gaon's or Hill Rivlin's or anyone else's. Or Shlomo Zalman Rivlin's, or 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 anything like that. But I want to give a little bit of the historical context, and the reason for it is is because last this just recently, a few months ago, um, a, the great researcher Professor Emanuel Etkis put out a book called in Hebrew called Hamishichiyut Tatzionit Shel Hagayin Mi Vilna, the Messianic Zionism of the Vilna Gaon, and it's and he. And it's a book about how there is no messianic Zionism of the Vilna Gaon, and the whole thing is a forgery, and it's made up, and it's completely not true, and uh, therefore uh, it became a very stormy, polemic, scholarly debate, but it's been a debate for a while, even before the book came out, for quite a bit of time, which I'm going to discuss, and because I am privileged to study a little bit under Professor Emanuel Etkis, so he just lectured about it a couple of weeks ago, and therefore it's fresh, and I decided to share a little bit of the story with the great listeners of Jewish History Soundbites. So what happens is, is that this this uh, Sefer is supposed to explain how the Aliyah of the students of the Vilna Gaon in the early 1800s was really a Zionistic nationalism form of Aliyah, that they're going to bring Mashiach by by trying to get a mass aliyah of, of, of Jews to the land of Israel. And if they settle the land and people come back, then this is going to bring Mashiach, this is going to bring the Geula, 
and therefore they're the vanguard of what later became the Zionist movement. And, and, and therefore the Zionist movement that followed the Vilna Gaon's Talmidim was the second stage after the Vilna Gaon's Talmidim, and that the Vilna Gaon told them to do that, and he said that they should go, and the Vilna Gaon himself could not make it, but he gave orders them to do, and that's what the Sefer is all about, and it's allegedly written by a student of the Vilna Gaon recording what the Vilna Gaon told him. And that's what the gist, a gist of the Sefer. So, originally the Sefer didn't make any great waves because it was an internal family publication, and uh, it didn't it didn't really uh, get beyond the the confines of of the Rivlin family and a few curious uh, researchers. In the wake of the Six Day War, a a chassid named Rabbi Mendel Kasher who was also a big, huge Talmud Chacham, a prolific writer, a brilliant man, he, was a, uh, he betrayed his, his roots of being opposed to Zionism, and he became a full-fledged Zionist, and believing that, that the state of Israel is the beginning of the Geula, beginning of Mashiach coming. And he writes, a, in, in the Euphoria, and following the wake of the Six-Day War, he writes a book called Hatkufa Hagadayla, the great time period, the great era, the great whatever. And as an appendix to this book, to the Sefer, Hatkuf HaGadayla, he says, and everything I've been saying, I just discovered, I did my own research, and I wrote my own proofs, and I deduced it from Chazal and Rishayim, and all. I did all my own work, and I found out after I've done all my research, I found out that this is all the Vilna Gain already said. And the Vilna Gain in his Talmud already wrote it in a sefer called Kol HaTayr. And he explains that Kol HaTayr was really written by Rabbil Rivlin and really comes from the Vilna Gain. And he attaches the entire sefer Kol HaTayr as an appendix to his book, Katkufa HaGadayla. Oh, now it becomes a major topic and now it becomes a bit of a bestseller and now it becomes popular and it was republished in the 1990s. Until today, it's used as a can, canonical, canonical, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, in certain circles to prove that the Vilna Gain is a, the father of modern Zionism and especially Messianic Zionism, that the uh, return to Israel and settling the land is bringing the Geula. So, as it happens, the first question that you need to ask, and again, I'm not getting into the Torah part, and is this the style of the Vilna Gain? By the way, when Rabbi Mendel Kasher writes it, so there's responses from all types of rabbinical leaders, right? Etkis was not the one who discovered it. He writes about it from a historical standpoint, but there are people who wrote it from a Torah standpoint. Rabbi Sternbach wrote about it, Rabbi Yisrael Weintraub wrote about it, and they protested that this is not the point of view of the Vilna Gain. And many, many other people have weighed in on the subject since then. It's definitely not a new topic. And... Um, and what happens is, is that the question they want to ask, if we want to ask for a historical point of view, we want to ask a few questions. First of all, we want to know, why did the Sefer only come out in 1947? Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Rivlin publishes it in 1947, and he says this was a manuscript that had been passed down. He said, I'm not writing it exactly, I'm writing just a summary and a gist of of this manuscript that I saw passed down from my ancestor, Bill Rivlin, I'm the first one to publish it. Okay, why wasn't it published until then? And if it was a manuscript, and if it was an idea that existed by Bill Rivlin, so we want to know, did anyone else know about it? Did any of the other Rivlins mention it? Did any of the other students of the Vilna Gain know about it? Did anyone else talk about it? 
Do we know why the Talmidim of the Vilna Gaon moved to the land of Israel in the early 1800s? Did, did, is there any evidence? Who was this Reb Hill Rivlin? What was his relationship with the Vilna Gaon? These are some of the questions that need to be asked to put it into the correct historical context. So as it happens, so first of all, Bahil Rivlin wasn't exactly a Talmud of the Vilna Gaon. That's problem number one. His father was, so I guess that's kind of close. He might have seen the Gaon a couple of times. But it wasn't exactly what we would call a Talmud at all, maybe even if we could call him that, but definitely wasn't a close one. So it would be interesting that the Vilna Gaon would give all his secrets of such a major issue of importance and the order to move to the land of Israel to someone who is a really distant Talmud, if a Talmud at all. And he wouldn't give it to Rabbi Nachman Mendel of Shklov, who never mentions a hint about this, or Rabbi Sroll of Shklov, or Chaim Velazhener, or any of the other people who are Talmud of the Vilna Gain. That's, that's an issue. The other issue is, is that no one had ever seen or made a reference to, no students of the Vilna Gain, none of the ones who came after that, no Rivlins for 150 years, no one made a reference to any manuscript that they saw from Rabbi Rivlin that he had ever written a book about the topic, and no one has ever seen it. And that would be... That would be incredible that no one has ever seen anything for 150 years. No one references it. It's like uh, it just appeared out what we would call yesh me'ayin, out of thin air, um, which seems to be the case. And not only that, but it gets better. Hill Rivlin, who was allegedly ordered by the Vilna Gaon not only to write the book, but also to move to the land of Israel to bring the Geula, did not lead the students of the Vilna Gaon in that aliyah. He comes in the 1830s, and he wasn't even one of the leaders then in the 1830s. The ones who led the Aliyah then were Menachem Mendel of Shklov, Rabbi Yisrael of Shklov, and a few others, and none of them talk about this. But it gets better, because we happen to know why the students of the Vilna Gain moved to the land of Israel in the early 1800s, because they themselves wrote about it. They have, we have letters that they wrote, mainly for the use of fundraising. Now, if you're a fundraiser trying to raise money for an impoverished community amongst Lithuanian Jewry less than 20 years after the Vilna Gain had passed on. And you want people to support you. If the Vilna Gain told you to move to the land of Israel to bring the Geula, that will definitely be your best selling point, and you will write that. But in fact, in these letters, they don't write that. What they do write is that the reason we move to the land of Israel is to grow in our spiritual life, to grow in our Avedas Hashem and to learn Torah in the purity and in the spiritual uplift of the land of Israel. And we have a, and then they want to make some sort of connection to the Vilna Gain. So they say, we were inspired by the Vilna Gain in the way he studied Torah. We named our base Medrash in Sfas, which is where they originally lived before they moved to Yerushalayim, after the Vilna Gain. And we study the Vilna Gain's teachings. We study his halachic and Kabbalistic teachings. They write all these things about the Vilna Gain, but not once do they say that the Vilna Gain told them that they should move to the land of Israel in any of the letters. And that's definitely something that they should have said if they wanted to make their case stronger to raise money. So the, the, what seems to be from this and from many other uh, um, um, the things that we have in context. I mean, Reb Chaim Velazhener, who wrote the Nefesh Chaim, 
and was one of the closest, if not the closest, student of Vilna Gai, never mentions anything about it, not to his students in the Valashin Yeshiva, not to his, not in the Sefer Nefesh Chaim, which is an expose of the philosophy of Reb Chaim Valashiner, which a lot of the things came from the Vilna Gai, and he doesn't mention anything about Eretz Yisrael and bringing the Geula closer by moving there, nothing. Not only that, but you got to move, move, move a little ahead in history, the Nitziv of Valashin who comes from the world of Alajan, comes from the world of the Vilna Gain and his students, not obviously not his students, he's talking about a hundred years later almost, but from that world, that milieu, and he is an early supporter of the Chibasiyin movement to move back to the land of Israel, which was a controversial move because a lot of people were opposed to it, and the Nitziv was supportive of it. And again, a way to back up your case is to say the Vilna Gain was into moving to the land of Israel to bring the Geula closer, and he told his Talmidim to go, so why shouldn't we be supportive of it? And never, anywhere does the Nitziv, or any other supporter of Chibas Ziyin for that matter, ever say that. And it only appears in the mid-1900s by Reb Shleim and Rivlin. In other words, any supporter, Reb, Reb uh, Reb, uh, Reb Maimon, uh, what was his, Reb, uh, the great Mizrahi leader of Fishman Maimon, I forgot his first name, it slipped my mind. Not only was he a great Mizrahi leader, but he also wrote a biography of the Vilna Gain. You think about someone who's a leader of the Mizrahi, and also wrote a biography of the Vilna Gain, he would mention somewhere that the Vilna Gain told his Talmudim to move to the land of Israel, and that the reason that they should do so would be to bring the Geula closer, and that that's uh, that's part of the messianic process. And never does he mention that. Um, so this is this is something that was an internal uh, uh, tradition only by the Rivlins, and specifically by Reb Shleim Zalman Rivlin. So in it, what it seems to be from this and uh, a whole truckload more of evidence is that Reb Shleim Zalman Rivlin who. We have to go a little bit into his context. What's the historical context that he lives in? He lives at a crossroads. He's, like I said, a part of the world of the old Yishuv, but he believes in modern Zionism. The old Yishuv itself was at a crisis. He was facing uh, poverty and was also facing accusations from the outside that they, that they, that they failed in their ideals and their extremists and they're back with a secular Zionist establishment was very critical of the old Yishuv. So on one hand, he wants to defend the old Yishuv, which is his world that he comes from. On the other hand, he believes in the new world. He believes in, the, in, in what's going on around him. And here, here's a perfect solution. You, secular Zionist establishment, you're accusing the old Yishuv of being old-fashioned and no good and not productive and not working and not making money and not being part of the modern world. We were the original Zionists. We came here in the first place. You think you invented Zionism? We did. We came here because of the Vilna Gain, and we came here because the, the, we, we have, we, we're bringing Mashiach, and we started the whole movement. He writes other books. He writes a book called Maisat Hayesaid, which there he, he has, has a, whole, a whole story of how the Zionist movement really started in Shklov, and it was by the Talmud of the Vilna Gain, and there was a gathering. The, the, you think the original Zionist Congress was in 1897 in Basel in Switzerland. It was really in Shklov 
in the early 1800s. That's where the original Zionist convention was. And he's got a whole narrative to back it up, which apparently he also made up. And he even has them, he has, he has members of the old Yishuv being armed with weapons and fighting off the uh, uh, Arabs who, when they tried to build settlements, all in the 1800s, all in a different time period. And it, it, it was all something that, that he's the only source for. And he's, 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 he, he's, uh, enhancing and creating this myth at the same time. So it would seem that he himself uh, wrote the book, which means that he was brilliant and talented, and you know, it's incredible that he was able to do so. But um, but that's where the Sefer Koil HaTayr comes from, and it does not uh, originate whatsoever from the Vilna Gain himself. Now it becomes an issue today, both because there are many who believe in the Kol HaTayr and in the results of that philosophy, and that the, the you know to back it up with someone like the Vilna Gain, and not only that, because it became a scholarly debate, because there are academics out there who tend to believe the narrative given over by Shlomo Zalman Rivlin that it that it's attributed to the guy himself, and they take the story further by trying to find other sources within the Vilna Gain's writing and historical events of that time to try to establish that it was a a order of the Vilna Gain given to his students to be able to move to the land of Israel, and it was the beginning of Messianic Zionism. So the debate continues till today. But that would seem to be a little bit of the historical context of the Koil HaToyer forgery, uh, a great forgery, but at the end of the day, a forgery. So this was Yehuda Geber with Jewish History Soundbites. You can reach me at ygebss at gmail.com for questions, comments, sources, and of course, tours and trips across Jewish history, whether it's in, by the Vilna Gain in Lithuania or by his students who made it to the land of Israel in Harazesim, Tzfas, Tveria, and other places. And you can subscribe now to Jewish History Soundbites on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Don't miss an episode. Follow us on Twitter at JSoundbites. And I hope you enjoyed.